Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. I know I promised you that I would do part two of our uh, uh, stewarding um, series, I guess. The first one we did uh, was stewarding money, stewing, stewarding your your cash and stewarding uh, what God has given you. And then we're going to talk about stewarding time and your talents, which really go hand in hand. Um, there's many people who are very gifted in areas, but because they haven't put the time investment into them, they haven't developed those talents. So there's practical things, and we'll talk about that, um, practical things that you can do to develop your talents. But that really goes hand in hand with with time. Um, I know I promised you that, but uh, I, I have some more meditating to do on that subject of time. It's such a I read a book recently on the subject of death. You can go back in, uh, in the last 60 days or so and see some of those. That It's such a big subject that I had to do some kind of deep thinking on the subject, and it's the same when it comes to um, stewarding your time. Uh, I could give you my initial thoughts, but if I can t- spend some time thinking and developing those thoughts, we'll both be better off. So instead, I want to talk to you today about... Um, uh, really ask a question and ask, does God ask too much? Does God ask too much? When you read through the Bible, and especially when you're um, a kid growing up, you're, you're, you're instructed and commanded by your parents what to do. You know, and we have, I have a, a niece and a nephew, and obviously I have a, coming up on a 10-month-old son. The 10-month-old son, the instructions we give him, you know, he's, he's, he knows what no is now, so... We've entered spanking territory because if he can understand no and he can disobey it, he can get spanked. But before he didn't know, he didn't know his name was Luke. I don't even know if he know, he still knows his name is Luke, but I call him boy more often. But when when the the kids get to a stage, and I've seen it with my niece and my nephew, where if you say do something, they'll say why, and that's just like a stage they go through. And at their age, um, I don't ever give them a reason other than because I said so. <laughs> They're not at the age or the intellect where my explanation for them, for me saying to do something really matters. And it shouldn't matter because what you don't want to happen is that they they run out into the road and you say, get out of the road and they stop and say, why? You want it to be that there's instant obedience to your command. Um, but there'll come a point where when they're 13 years old or 14 years old, and they say, hey, can you know Johnny come over and spend the night, or can Susie come over and spend the night? Can I go over to Susie's house and spend the night? And you say no, and they're going to say why, and then you give your reason why. You don't allow sleepovers, right, if whatever the case is. But until then, you just do things because you're told to do them, and there's no questioning why. But as a, as a, as a Christian, you can if you've grown up around the things of God, you can often look at the things of God in the same perspective, you know, and not even know why you do things. But there comes a point where you need to ask, not ask out of rebellion of why do I have to do this? But Lord, what's the purpose behind this? And then when you find the purpose behind something, why God has ordained something, you then can do it joyfully and you can do it with an understanding. Even if you don't understand, do it anyway. When the Bible says, to do something. Do it anyway. When the Bible says give, right? When the Bible talks about the tithe, well, why do we tithe? You know, there's a purpose behind everything God does. But even if you don't understand the purpose, always default to do. Some people have just said, well, I'm not going to do it until the Lord reveals to me why. And that's, you know, 
that's not that's actually the opposite of humility and meekness. Meekness says I'm going to I'm going to obey your word whether my mind thinks it's right or not. Meekness and humility is saying meekness is saying Lord I'm saying yes to whatever your word says even before I read it, right? It's like what courage is. Courage for me is courage is the decision that I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fight even before I see my opponent, right? Courage is, the Lord said, be strong and courageous. You may see armies that the, 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 they're all giants and they're 10 feet tall, but just decide to engage because I'm on your side, right? So for me, courage is a predetermination to engage, knowing that God is with me, even if, even if it's Hulk on the other side of the, 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 that comes out the other gate, right? Um, and so you, meekness is just saying yes to the word of the Lord. But when you start to ask, you know, there, there's what can creep in is this feeling of like the Lord's just doing this to require, you know, there's just these commandments. It can almost feel like the way you're sometimes the way you were raised, you know, parents aren't perfect. But there's times where if you don't, if you, if you can't get a perspective later in life and see, man, the reason my parents spanked me is because they wanted me to behave when I was older. The reason they disciplined me, it's like my son now, he'll crawl over to the light socket he sees a light socket and he crawls over and starts to play with the light socket. So we get these little plugs. He started to like figure out how to pull out, pull the plugs out of the lights, you know, these little caps out of the light socket. So now the the only time I've had to actually spank him or like smack his hand has been the light socket deal where I say no and he turns and looks at me and he understands. And then I say no again and I say no again. And then he goes to touch it again. And then I give him a small smack and then, you know, we go from there. But it's for him, he might, you know, why am I being disciplined? I, what's, why am I being corrected? I don't want anyone to tell me no, you know? Rebellion is is built into the heart of children. But it's me, for me, it's not any wicked motive. I'm not looking to just be the macho man around the house that tells people what to do. It's because it's a light socket. And that could be dangerous. What if he grabs a hold of a knife one day and I haven't corrected him over light sockets and he inserts the knife into the hole. They fit. Look, it fits perfectly, right? So my, my motivation is to protect him. And so when you look at the Bible, one of the things that has to be cemented in your spirit, and you have to remind yourself of until it is, is that the Lord is on your side. The Bible says, man may curse me, but God will bless me and I'll go on rejoicing. The, the, the Bible says, whom have I in heaven but you? The Bible says, the Lord is on your side. And so that, that reality that when God does something for us and God requires something of us, that he's doing it with our best interest. If God calls you to seed, he's calling you to harvest. If God calls you to give, the Bible says, whatever you sow, you'll reap. But it also says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So there's times in giving where you feel like you're being depleted. But God never causes you to give to just to take away from you. God doesn't say, oh, I, you know, I'm going to give so they can be in the dumps and they can learn to trust me. That's not the purpose of giving. Giving, number one, proves the sincerity of your love, but giving invests your heart in the kingdom of God. I remember a time, and I've told this story before, but I was driving and it was just out of my spirit. And I was talking to the Lord and like really wanting to, to like, you know, just crying out to the Lord. Lord, I, I, and my heart's cry was, Lord, I want to have more skin in the game. You know, I want, I want, I want this to mean more to me. I want the kingdom of God to mean more to me. And as I prayed that, I knew like this is a dangerous prayer. This is a big one. And I was driving my Mini Cooper to church. And it was a camp meeting, if I remember correctly. 
And I said, Lord, I want more skin in the game. I want the kingdom of God to mean more to me. And as I prayed it, I knew this is a danger. We actually did a podcast a while back called Dangerous Prayers. You should maybe listen to if you if you're new around here. Um, but I went to church that night, and sitting in church, the Lord spoke to me and said, "Give your car to this guy." There was an evangelist who didn't have a vehicle, which is a problem if you're an evangelist. But um, give your Mini Cooper to this guy, and that was the. And then I remembered that prayer that I prayed. And so what was the Lord doing? I, I had a prayer request. Lord, I want to go, I want I want this thing. I want more love for your kingdom. I want this I want your kingdom to mean more to me. I want more skin in the game. All right? Take your, you know, over $10,000, $12,000 vehicle and just give it away. And and so that's what I did. I I went to this guy after service and said, "Hey, I'm going to give you my car." The Lord spoke to me. And so you you see things like that so that people can look and be like, "Oh, look. Oh, you've given a car. You know, the Lord did that." To prove, and yes, that proved the sincerity of my love. If I said no to the Lord, how much do I really love the Lord? Lord, I love you with all my heart. Give away something that's, what is it, 10, 12, 13,000 vehicle? Oh no, Lord, I could never do that. That's saying I trust in, in my plan more than I trust in your plan. So those are things where you begin to trust the Lord. Now, if honestly, with all my heart, if the Lord said, give away your house, I would say, who to? Because I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm a steward of these things. This isn't my house. I know, I know it says I'm a homeowner. Praise the Lord, the house is paid off. I have no debt. This house is free and clear. And I'm listed as the homeowner. But I'm not the homeowner of this house. God's the homeowner. All my property belongs to Him. If He says give it away, if He says sell it. You know, I, part of me hopes that before the rapture happens, the Lord speaks and says, sell your home and put the money into a crusade. Because why do I need to be raptured? Who's this home going to belong to if I'm raptured and this home just sits here and it's paid off? Some heathen who didn't go in the rapture is going to end up living in this home. You know, I don't want to have a, I don't want to have millions of dollars of things paid off. You know, let me mortgage the thing or sell the thing a month or two months or three months before the Bible says no one knows the day or the hour, but the Lord can speak, right? So I don't want to leave with with a jet left behind that's paid in full for, for some heathen to then take, you know, I, I know I won't care about it, but it could have been money that was used for the kingdom, you know what I mean? And so the um, w- when that perspective comes that the Lord is on your side, so when you read through the Bible and the Bible says meditate in the word day and night, are you telling me I have to read the Bible? Well, more than read, you should meditate, spend time thinking and chewing on and muttering and speaking the word both in the morning and at night. Well, that's a lot. Well, it's because the Lord knows that you need to advance. Forgive. When someone does you wrong, forgive. 70 times 7, forgive. Oh, I got to forgive right away. That's hard being a Christian, hard forgiving. No, it's for your own sake because unforgiveness will, will open you up to demonic influence. Unforgiveness will open you up to all sorts of things. It's, you have to guard your heart. Well, continue in prayer. Dedicate yourself to prayer. Oh, I got to pray every day too now? Is God asking too much? No, he's not asking too much. Why? Because prayer puts you in communication with God. You know, there's things that God wants to speak to us, but because we're not people of prayer, he, he can't. You know, if you have a message, if you have a message, I know we have cell phones and you just get text messages, but if you have a message, you have to go get, it's like going to the mailbox. There could be a letter with information that you need. But if you don't ever go check the mail, if you don't open the mail, you're not in communication. If you don't answer the phone, prayer is you getting in communication with God. I want to encourage you, take 30 minutes, take an hour, however long it takes you to get into the presence of God and get over into the realm of the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues, worship, get get filled with the anointing. and, And then Lord, what do you want to say to me? And the Lord will speak things to your heart direction that you need. That's why when you get into the anointing, the Lord will speak to you when you're in church and the Lord touches you with his, his presence. He'll speak things. Those are some things that 
things he's been wanting to speak for months, but because we don't find ourselves in the presence of God. So the Lord isn't asking too much. Everything he does, even prayer, fasting, when you fast, well, fasting, that's really a lot. No one really, I mean, really fast, like no food. Yeah, no food. When you fast, not if you fast, when you fast. So you take, you do these things and you can do it from the perspective of, oh, it's another thing I've got to do as a Christian. But when you realize everything the Lord has for you, he does it because he has your best interest in mind, because he doesn't want you in a situation where you're not sensitive to the Holy Ghost. He wants to be, when you're driving, be able to speak to your heart. You cultivating a place of being sensitive that he could speak to your heart and say, don't turn left this time. Don't go that way. There's an accident. You know, there's an accident waiting to happen. There's a cop in the bushes that's going to be a ticket. You know, the Lord is wanting to lead us on a day-to-day basis. Sensitivity to the Holy Ghost is one of the most important things. People sometimes ask me questions that come down to obey the Holy Ghost. Oh, Ryan, you know, I don't know. I've been feeling like I should fast for 10 days. You know, should I fast for 10 days? Well, what did the Holy Ghost say? You know, I don't. I don't call people and say, hey, it's time for you to fast 10 days. No, what did the Lord say? What did the Lord tell you to do? Well, you know, I was feeling like I should give this money, but I don't know. I saved it up to be able to buy this. What do you think I should do? What did the Lord tell you? You do what the Lord tells you. I'm not here to tell you what to do with your money. If you're not tithing, I can tell you from the Bible, tithe. But if the Lord's speaking to you, do what the Holy Ghost says. One of the, the, the master keys to this life is following the voice of the Holy Ghost. Obviously, the, the Holy Spirit will always confirm the Bible. He's not going to tell you, oh, no, you don't, need to, you don't need to pray because, you know, that's, you know, that's not something that you need to do. You've graduated beyond that. No, the Bible says when you pray, right? What, meditate in the Word day and night. So I'm not saying you don't do what the Bible says. But for things, for specifics, who you marry, the, the job that you take, follow the Holy Ghost. And so when you ask yourself, is the Lord asking too much? No, he's not. Because everything he's doing, he's doing with our good in mind. Why? Because love, love is to put others first and God is love. Love, love puts the best interest of others above ourselves. So when God loves us, God only has good intentions for us. There's nothing that God does out of weird motivation or wicked motivation. When he calls us to give, it's because he wants our heart invested in his kingdom and he's got a harvest for us. When he tells us to forgive, it's because he wants our heart to be clear so he can bless us and speak to us. When, when he calls us to, to fast and to pray or, or leads us to spend time in the word instead of playing video games, it's because, there's, because he wants us to, to be able to discern. He wants us to have an impact on this earth. When we talk about time, we'll talk about that. And so remember that, Lord, thank you. Father, thank you for having our best interest at heart. Thank you that everything you did, you did because you loved us. Thank you that for God so loved the world, that you so loved us, that you gave Jesus for us. Lord, and if you've freely given us Jesus, how will you not with us, with him, freely give us all things? Lord, we worship you. Let's just, for these last few seconds here together, begin to just open your mouth and thank the Lord for how good he's been, how he's always been there for us and always been on our side. Lord, we honor you today. You're God, the great King. You are Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. Lord, you're so wonderful. Thank you, Lord, that you never left us or forsake, forsook us, Lord. You always took care of us. Lord, you're leading us with your counsel, and afterwards you'll receive us to your glory. We honor you. We give you praise and worship. We love you. We bless you today, Jesus. Thank you so much. 
Well, God bless you. I love you. Thanks for joining us. If this podcast has helped you, if you would share it on your social media, and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. We'll get into time management here in the next couple days. I promise it'll be good. We'll talk to you soon.